0: going to the cross of Calvary, and we know that he was going to give his life for us, and we're thankful for that, Uh, for without the sacrifice of Christ, none of us could be called the sons and daughters of God, none of us would have a home in heaven, none of us would have any hope or anything to live for, because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, we're able to have that, and I'm thankful for that. There's something I want you to think about tonight for a few minutes as we're gathered together here, as we look at Philippians chapter number two. Uh, Do we realize tonight that not only was Christ a sacrifice for us? But we know that Christ was an example to us, and that we as his children are to follow in the footsteps of Christ, and we understand that as we read through the Gospels and we see the example that Christ set. But I want you to notice something tonight. Philippians chapter number two, when we look down, uh, the Bible tells us in verse five to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Here's Paul telling the church at Philippi that in order to follow in the example of Christ, you've got to have the mind of Christ, right? Uh, I mean, we can try as best as we can to go through the motions to live a holy life, a separated life, a sanctified life, but ultimately that begins with the mind of Christ. Uh, how often do we understand the truth that if we don't put our mind to something, uh, it's never going to happen, is it? Uh, We look at Nehemiah, the Bible says the people did that great work, but you'll notice it began, the Bible says they had a mind for the work. That's where it began at. Now we understand the mind is our heart, correct? That unless it begins in the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks. So Paul says we've got to have the mindset of Christ. Here's what I want you to notice tonight. While we are thankful for Christ tonight, and the sacrifice that Christ would ultimately come to give and payment for our sins so that we could be saved. We're thankful for that tonight. Here's the question I want to ask you. Are we thoughtful like Christ? We are thankful for Christ, but are we thoughtful like Christ? Now, he tells us in verse 5 that we need to have the mind of Christ. But here's what I want to zoom in on. I don't know that I've, I've preached this angle before, or at least I haven't uh, in my memory. Uh, and that's not saying a whole lot after COVID, right? The pattern of the mind of Christ did not just begin with his earthly life. We think, okay, I'm going to follow in the example of Christ, I'm going to have the mind of Christ, but as we read Philippians 2, we realize that the pattern that Christ set for us began to be set long before he ever came to earth. As we look at Philippians chapter number 2, tonight we're going to focus in on the character of Christ. Here we are in this Christmas season. And we're studying about the sacrifice of Christ, knowing the babe in the manger on Wednesday nights, we're looking beyond Bethlehem, that he would go to the cross and we understand that. But tonight I want to look at the character of Christ. Because the Bible tells us in verse 5 that the character of Christ is what we should adopt in our own life. And tonight I believe the character of Christ is something we need to focus in on even prior to his arrival on earth. Now let's zoom in on it tonight if we could for a few minutes. If you look down, excuse me, I apologize for the raspiness of that. It's just what's going around, I guess. I want you to look down to verse number seven. The Bible says, here's what Christ did. And notice, this happened before he ever came here. The Bible says, but made himself of no reputation. Here is Christ. Now, this is before he came here. This is before he arrived on earth. The Bible says he did something that you and I should follow in the example of in having the mind of Christ. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. That means he set aside who he was and all that he deserved to come down here in obedience to his Father's will. Now if we are going to adopt the mind of Christ, we've got to understand that what he did in verse number seven is what you and I have to follow in here today. Number one tonight, I want you to notice in the character of Christ. The selflessness of Christ. Notice the selflessness. The Bible says, but made himself of no reputation. Now understand this. When he set aside who he was, he set aside his position. All right, understand that. His position and the glory that he had, not the person of who he was. I'm so thankful that Christ maintained his godly, holy character all throughout the human time that he spent down here on earth. For without that, you or I couldn't be saved. But what he set aside was his position. Now, notice this. It's the first thing the Bible mentions that he did. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. Now, before you think tonight that that's just, you know, the way that he put it in here, I want you to notice something. Luke 9, 23, the Bible says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Do you see in the character of Christ tonight, the very first step that he took, the Bible says, he made himself of no reputation. And we know that we are to take that mind of Christ, right? He says, let this mind be in you. Well, what did he do? Well, the Bible says he was a selfless person. And if I am going to follow Christ, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Now what is it saying? Well, it's simply saying that following Christ begins where you and I end. We've got to understand that tonight. Yes, I'm thankful tonight for the sacrifice of Christ. But during this Christmas season, let's recognize the example of Christ. And in the example of Christ, he is a selfless Christ. He has made himself of no reputation. He has set aside who he was in order to live and to die for you and I. You know, tonight there's no way that we can follow in the footsteps of Christ without learning to be selfless. I'm going to tell you something, that's one of the hardest things for me to do. As much as I despise the stuff that I live in, as much as I despise the grief and the pain that it causes me, I'll tell you, you'd be amazed at how often we give in to this stuff. Why? Because we are very connected to it. Uh, I'm very connected to how I feel and what I like and what I want. But can I tell you something? In service to Christ, that I is what's got to go. Let him deny himself. This is why Christ made himself of no reputation. Uh, I remember as I was probably 13, 14, 15, and I began to grow like some of our guys My feet got large fast, okay? Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed some of these guys' feet, and I'm not going to point them out, I'm not going to pick on them, but some of these guys, as my dad would say, have a good foundation, a good understanding. They really do. And I remember, as my feet began to grow, uh, that I would trip, I would stumble, I was clumsy, and I know you guys aren't like that, okay? (laughs) I promise I'm not watching you, but uh, you got to grow into them you got to grow into them. And my dad would say, you got to learn to quit tripping over yourself. You've got to learn to quit tripping over yourself. For those of you guys whose feet grew really fast, I mean, you've seen some of these guys' basketball shoes? Come to one of our games and look at their shoes. I mean, the coordination it takes to move those things, uh, I'm impressed with that alone. They don't even have to be good at basketball. I'm just impressed. They can get up and down the court with that great foundation that they have. Sometimes our feet get in our way, all right? And some of these guys with big feet will tell you that's a natural occurrence. But sometimes that happens spiritually. My biggest problem is I trip myself up. I'd love to be able to point out and say, man, I could be a good Christian if it wasn't for this person. I could be a good Christian if it wasn't for that person. But the truth of the matter is tonight, the biggest hindrance I have is myself. And in order for me to follow Christ and have the character of Christ, I've got to get down what he did in verse number seven, but made himself of no reputation. Can I encourage you something this Christmas season as we seek to follow in the example of Christ, quit tripping up yourself. Quit causing yourself so much trouble. I couldn't help but think about Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents. The man who buried his talent, I want you to notice what he said. When his Lord came and was holding him accountable, I want you to notice the first three words he said. Matthew chapter 25. He says this, Lord, I knew. Do you know why the the man with the one talent tripped over his own self? He advised himself. Lord, I I knew what you were going to do. And Lord, I knew what you were going to say. And Lord, I knew what I ought to do. And oh, can I tell you, be careful giving yourself advice. Be careful giving yourself advice. The best advice you could ever get is what the master's commanded us to do. All that the man with the one talent had to do was be obedient to what the master said, and then all of a sudden he started giving himself advice. Folks, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Be careful with that. If we're going to follow an example of Christ, we've got to learn to get self completely out of the way. Now, how do we do that? It's right there in verse 7. Watch verse 7, the second word. The Bible says, but made Himself. Now, I want to tell you, <clears throat> making ourselves be selfless is not appealing, is it? Uh, it's an acquired taste, I assure you. You're going to have to learn to make yourself be selfless. Now, thanks be to God, through the power of God, we're, we're able to do that, aren't we? That we can bring ourselves and humble ourselves. The Bible even says in 2 Timothy, we can purge ourselves. Aren't you glad? Through the power of Christ, we have the power to overcome our self. But you're going to have to work at it. Notice the word made. You're going to have to learn to make yourself. We're we're approaching the new year. Resolutions are coming. And I'll bet you at least 10% of the people in this room are going to try to live a more healthy life. Can I tell you, you're going to have to make yourself. Raising Cane's is right down the road. They don't serve anything grilled. Somebody told me you can order their chicken tenders, they're called naked. You order chicken tenders naked at at Cane's, they said it's more healthy. And and so I ordered mine that way. They're still fried. They're still fried. They're just dry, (laughs) all right? That's that's the only difference there. Uh, I don't think they're any more healthy for you. We're going down the road, and yes, there's a salad station less than a quarter of a mile away. And I could make myself go to salad station. But why? There's a Cane's there. And myself likes canes. I mean, I'm one of the people who hold the cup up and lick the bottom of the cup when it's all over. That stuff's just good. Amen? For those of you folks who put ketchup on your canes tenders, I don't understand you. I, I don't understand you. You see, it's, it's a lot like physical health. Spiritual health requires making ourselves. What does it say? The Bible says the example of Christ, he made himself. You Look, it's like turnip greens, all right? As a kid, there was nothing appealing about turnip greens to me. They stunk, and they didn't look good, and they weren't meat. Three reasons not to like them. I, I My grandfather, we'd go visit him in Florida, and we would go out to a buffet or a, a big restaurant, and he would always order the vegetable plate. And I just never understood that. How do you get to a place where you don't order meat? I don't want to get to that place in my life. I don't. I just, that's a scary place. Papa would order the the vegetable plate, and I'm just thinking to myself, but you could have meat. Yesterday after soul winning, Leslie and Miley and I went to the depot, and uh, somebody gave us a gift card there, and I said, hey, let's go get some lunch, and I found myself trying to decide whether I, they have the best braised greens in the world. And Miley says, Dad, what are you going to eat? As I'm trying to decide between a burger and just a big old bowl of braised greens and she looks at me. I says, I know. I'm getting old, sweetheart. I'm getting old. It's happening. I'm, I'm ordering the veggie plate. <laughs> I remember how bad I used to hate greens. They stunk the house up. No offense, mom. They stunk the house up. Especially collards. Stunk the house up. Didn't taste great and they weren't meat. And now I found myself yesterday almost, I, I got the burger and the greens. Some of you are like, finish the story. I got the burger and the greens, okay? But I was considering it, it's a developed taste, all right? You've got to get to the place to where you acquire that taste. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, after a while I just, well, it wasn't me who made myself eat them as a child. It was was him and her. They made me eat them. But they made me eat them so much that after a while, Lord help me, I begin to like them. That's the way it is on getting to the place becoming selfless. You got to make yourself. Paul told Timothy, he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself. Paul says, Timothy, you don't have to be entangled by what holds you up. He goes on in 2 Timothy, the Bible says, We want to be used of God, we purge ourselves. What does that mean? That means, hey, we have the power to do what Jesus did in verse 7 to make ourselves of no refutation. I'll give you a quote by A.W. Tozer. My goodness, it's a good one. In every Christian heart, there's a cross and a throne. And the Christian is on the throne till he puts himself on the cross. If he refuses the cross, he remains on the throne. Perhaps this is at the bottom of backsliding and worldliness amongst believers today. We want to be saved, but insist Christ do all the dying. Whew. There's a cross and a throne in each of our hearts, and we get to decide who occupies which one. The only way we can follow in the footsteps of Christ, the Bible says he set aside the throne. He made himself of no reputation. What is he headed toward? He is headed toward the cross. Now, can I tell you something about the lost world we're living in? And I'll give you the second thing real quick. The lost world we're living in, there's no room for Christ. Do you know why? Because there's only room for self. You see, you, you can't have both. You can't sit on the throne and be on the cross, which the Bible says we are to be, that living sacrifice. You, you can't occupy both. Now, I want you to think about what 2 Timothy 3 says about the world we're living in. I believe it's the last days. This know then the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. We are living in a world that is in love with itself. Go If you have an iPhone, I know Brother Richard does it, but if you have an iPhone, uh, go through there and scroll through there. You'll find a setting on your uh, pictures. I'll show you it right, real quick. For selfies. We have its own category now. where We have one particular file on our phone just for selfies. We are a self-indulgent society, but understand that if that culture of the world bleeds over into our heart, then we cannot truly follow Christ as long as we are following self. That's why watch the character of Christ in verse 7. But made himself of no reputation. Could it be tonight there's no room for Christ in your life because we're consumed with self? Maybe tonight we need to focus in on the character of Christ a little more. Number one, he was selfless. Notice the selflessness of Christ. Number two, the Bible says in verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and, and then watch what he did. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, this is beautiful. Look at verse 7. You see the natural result of selflessness. He put off who he was to become a servant. That's number two. Notice the character of Christ tonight. You see the servanthood of Christ. Now, it's important that you get selflessness down first. Okay? It's vital. You've got to get that down first. Why? Selflessness is like a lot of other Christian characteristics. Watch. Once you truly have that characteristic, it will manifest itself in actions. Okay? So in order for me to become the servant that I need to become, I've got to become selfless first. You see? You're not going to be a very good servant to where, what does the Bible say he did in verse 7? The Bible says he took upon the form of a servant. Do you know why a lot of people can't take upon the form of a servant? Because they haven't learned to be selfless. You see, until you make room for servanthood, you say, well, how do I make room for servanthood? It's a lot of you parents are getting ready for Christmas, and you're going to buy your kids all of this stuff, and hey, man, go after it. Uh, but I know a lot of you, I've talked to several of you, you go through and you do a purging first, right? All right, before I give you this new toys, we are going to have to clean out and make room for that. Hey, I think that's a great thing to do. You've got to make room in order for you to get the other. If we want to become the servant like Christ was, we've got to become selfless like Christ was. And when we get self out of the way, we've now created room to be a servant. That's number two tonight, the servanthood of Christ. Think about what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is speaking about love. The Bible says when we have that true love, that charity, what happens? It produces patience. It produces kindness. You see, that characteristic all of a sudden becomes something. It's an action. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me... Keep my commandments. If we truly love Christ as we, are shu- as we should, then suddenly it manifests itself in obedience. Now watch this. If we truly become selfless, it will begin appearing in our life in the form of servanthood. Selflessness prepares our heart to take on the form of a servant. Look, a selfish person will never become a good servant. Never. You've got to be selfless, get self out of the way, and then suddenly you've made room in your heart to be who God would have you to be and to follow in the example of Christ. L- stay right here in chapter 2. Look at, uh, look at verse number 1. I'm sorry, look at verse number 2. Fulfill ye my joy, be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. How do you have a lowly mind and have lowliness of mind? You've got to get self out of the way. You've got to get self out of the way. There's no way you're going to have lowliness as long as we have selfishness. Let each esteem other better than themselves. You see, you got to get low before you start thinking about others. You see how it happens? we got to get self out of the way. That's hard, folks. That is hard. When I wake up in the morning, I'm automatically thinking about what I want to do, where I want to go, most most of the time, what I want to eat. One of the first thoughts that enter my mind. Why? I'm self-ish, naturally. And then I have to do what Jesus did every day. I have to get self out of the way. Why? Because I'm called to be a servant. You say, well, where where do you read that at? Well, if I'm following Christ, I'm going to be a servant. He took upon the form of a servant. It's a lot like the old story years ago. I heard my home church pastor years ago when I was going to tell this story about a lady comes to the pastor and says, Pastor, I just want to be used. I want to be used of God. I just want to serve God. And he said, well, let me pray about it. So he prayed about an opportunity for her and couldn't find it. She couldn't sing. She couldn't teach. She just, she couldn't do a lot. He says, well, do you have any talents? She says, no, I don't really have any talents. He says, well, can you do anything? She says, well, look, uh, you know, I have this new car. He says, well, take that new car. There's a family down there on Main Street that needs a ride to church, and you pick them up. And so, man, like, absolutely. She drives down to Main Street, picks up this family for church, and man, kids, you know, they were climbing over the top of her seat, going through her glove compartment, pressing all the buttons. Windshield wipers are coming on, and she just thought, well, that's just part of it, you know, and had a good attitude her first day. Next Sunday, the kids are tearing up the upholstery and writing crayons on the car, and Man, waving at people, sticking their tongue out at people going down the road. And she's like, Well, you know, that's just part of it. Went to the pastor, and she says, Pastor, this is man, this is kind of a tough job here, you know, picking up these kids. And he said, I know, but man, be worth it, they get saved. Just try to do the best you can. And after a while, a few weeks go by, it doesn't get much better. And the lady comes in the pastor's office and she says, I quit. I quit. Forget this. And she says, why he says, Why? She said, I just feel like I'm being used. And he says, well, isn't that what you wanted originally? I just wanted to be used. You know, sometimes in order to be used, we have to be used. You know, I, I've been to a lot of theme parks in my life, parades and theme parks. And, you know, the parade will come through. And uh, right after the parade comes through, there's always this crew of guys with, 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 with uh, brooms Dust pans, garbage cans, and they come through and they're picking up all the garbage. You know, sometimes there's horses, okay? And they're coming through picking up all the stuff there in the street. And you know, when those guys come, through, they're all usually wearing white shirts, white pants, they come through and they're sweeping up all the garbage and stuff that fell off the floats. I don't sit there and think, man, what is that guy doing? I can't believe that guy is out there sweeping up in the road and I can't believe they're picking up all that trash. You know, they're custodians. And that's what custodians do. That's part of their job description. I don't go, wow, that is amazing, I can't believe that guy is doing that. No, that's just part of it, that's, that's what they do. Can I tell you, that's the way it ought to be for us as a servant. We shouldn't be surprised when God calls us to serve. And what does that require? Well, number one, the selflessness, number two, the servanthood of Christ. John fifteen thirteen. the Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That means if I'm going to serve them, I'm going to have to be selfless. You see the order it goes in. Oftentimes, when you start excusing why you don't do what God wants you to do, I'll guarantee you, if you'll listen to yourself, you'll hear a lot of I's in there. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I'm not cut out for that. I, I, I. Well, there's the problem. We've got to get self out of the way so that we can do what? So that we can serve in the way that... Christ has called us to serve. No greater example, John 13, and I'll hurry. John chapter 13, Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. Thinking to yourself, I'd be like Peter, no way. I mean, you're Jesus, I'm not gonna let you wash my feet. How on earth could Jesus, the king of glory, come down and wash people's feet? He made himself of no reputation. It wasn't the king washing their feet. It was Jesus, the one who made himself of no reputation. You see, we shouldn't be surprised. That's the example Christ is setting for us. That's the servanthood of Christ. But let's keep reading, okay? I'm going to hurry. The Bible says, but made himself of no reputation. There's selflessness. Took upon the form of a servant. There's the servanthood of Christ. The Bible says, and was made in the likeness of men. Now, I didn't tell you this when we started, but I, I have five points, but uh, I'm not going to get to all five tonight, okay? When I gave Brother Corey my notes, he sent me three clocks on your behalf, so thank Brother Corey that. <laughs> the Bible says he was made in the likeness of men. This, the last point tonight, number three that I'm going to give you. Boy, this, this touched my heart probably as much as, as any. And I don't know if I've ever seen it from this angle. Notice the Bible says he was made in the likeness of men. Verse 8 says, "In being found in fashion as a man. There's a beautiful, beautiful picture here. He didn't just empathize with me. He sympathized with me. Now watch this, number three, in the character of Christ, I want you to notice the sympathy of Christ. The sympathy of Christ. You say, well, what is the difference? Well, I'm glad you ask. Empathy and sympathy. Empathy says... I understand how you feel sympathy says I share how you feel there's a great difference in empathy and sympathy Christ did not just sit up there in heaven and say I empathize with you I am God I am omniscient I know everything I understand what it's like to be a human that's empathy Sympathy says, I'm going to put on flesh, I'm going to come down there, and I'm going to share that with you. Oh, my soul, tonight, therein lies one of the greatest issues in the life of Christians. We want to empathize, but not sympathize. We want to understand and we want to have an intellectual knowledge of what people go through. But we don't want to do what Christ did. We don't want to go through it with them. And I, I give you tonight Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Listen to what it says. And be ye kind one to another. Now watch this. Tender hearted. Tender hearted. Can I tell you what the greatest danger of being tender hearted is? You get hurt. You get hurt. You put your heart out there, and you try to love people, and then your heart gets hurt. And what do you do? You pull your heart back in, you callous it over, and you become hard-hearted. But you cannot follow the example of Christ with a hard heart. You can't. No matter how many times Christ got hurt, he just kept putting his heart out there, and putting his heart out there, and putting his heart out there. Do you know what he was doing? He was sympathizing with you and I. I'm not just going to empathize and understand what you're going through. I'm going to share in what you're going through. Now listen to what Ephesians 4.32 says at the last part. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He says, follow in the example of Christ. Have sympathy that he shared in our hurt. Think about it this way. Jesus put on flesh to hurt with you. You think about that. Jesus hungered with you. When he was tempted in the desert for 40 days, watch this. You can't say, Jesus, you just don't know how hard it is to live down here on earth. Oh, yes, he does. Because he sympathized with us. Oh, I, I, I think about when he was tempted and when he was, when he fell underneath the weight of the cross and all that he went through, he was tempted, he cried. He was hurt, that is sympathy, not empathy. He shared in what we're going through now, one of the best examples of this, you can read in the Bible, boy this will bring you to tears, is in Job chapter 2, I'll not turn there, I'll just tell you real quick. Man, Job was hurting, lost his children, lost everything. Job Job is sitting there and he's in ashes and he's weeping over and grieving over what he's lost. The Bible says that here comes his friends. They were good for a little while. They got it right at the beginning. And they come to Job. The Bible says they saw that his grief was great. And they sat down with him, sprinkled dust on their foreheads, and didn't say a word. You know what they were doing? Sympathizing with him. Job, we're going to sit here and hurt with you. Joe, we can't imagine what you're going through. We're just going to sit here and we're going to hurt with you. We're going to grieve. They sprinkle that dust all over. We're going to mourn with you. Folks, can I tell you, this is what Jesus did for us. And if we are going to follow in the example and have the character of Christ, at some point you're going to have to learn to sympathize like Christ. That means you're willing to hurt with someone in order to help someone. We don't like being hurt, do we? Hebrews 4.15, the Bible says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Speaking of Jesus, the Bible says, I, I want you to know you don't have this distant God who's up there who doesn't know what it's like. I've had that thrown in my face a few times, and rightfully so sometimes. I, I don't know what it's like to go through what some people are going through, but oh, you'll never be able to say that to Christ. Why? Because my Bible says he was in all points tempted like as we are. All points. Listen to me, teenager, I know you go through a lot in 2023 and we live in a mixed up world and I'm sorry we allowed it to get that way for you. We that are older than you bear some responsibility in that. But you'll never be able to say, well, Jesus didn't live in 2023 because my Bible says in all points he was tempted like as we are. Folks, tonight I want to give you this and we'll close. As we go through this Christmas season, yes, we celebrate the sacrifice of Christ. But perhaps tonight we ought to look closely at the example of christ what was his example he was selfless made himself of no reputation he was a servant he took on the form of a servant and then he had sympathy he was willing to hurt for us in order to help us folks tonight this is the example our father has given us to follow in the lord jesus christ I'm thankful tonight, listen, I'm so thankful tonight that he was selfless. Why? Because I'm a beneficiary of his selflessness. I'm thankful he was willing to put on the form of a servant. Didn't have to, but he did that for me. Thankful tonight. He knows what it's like to go through what we're going through because he had sympathy for us. Now, folks, that's the example of what he's called us to do for others. You read Philippians chapter 2, you'll read it. It's others, it's others, it's others. And the only way we're going to learn to live for others is to follow in the character of Christ. How are you tonight on the selfless department? There's two more. We'll cover them next Sunday night, I guess. How are you on the selfless department? It's so much of what you do about you. When I read this morning the list of what not to get your wife for Christmas, the list was long. Uh, One of the things was don't get her something you want. Honey, I bought you this brand new fishing pole. Don't do that. Don't do that. Could tonight you be objective about your life? Maybe, as David said, search me, O oh God, and know my heart and ask God. God, would you show me, am I not as selfless as I ought to be? Do I live for me and I don't live for others? Maybe tonight could you look at the area of servanthood and say, you know, I, I just don't serve like I should. I just don't serve like I should. I may not have the talents for this, that, and the other. There's an area you could serve in. Or maybe tonight, learning to have that sympathetic heart like Christ had. I think that would be the greatest gift you could give to yourself this Christmas season. Our heads are bowed tonight. Our eyes are closed. Let's stop there. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. The character of Christ, he was selfless, he was a servant, and he had true sympathy. Tonight, if we're not measuring up to the standard, perhaps we got some work to do this Christmas season. As we celebrate the sacrifice of Christ, as we celebrate what he came to do, let's also remember he was setting the example, how are we doing tonight following in that example of Christ? Father, thank you for sending Jesus, Lord, not only to be our savior, but also to be our example. Father, I fail miserably in this area, Father, of being selfless. It seems that, Father, we, we mortify the deeds of the flesh and we crucify the flesh on Monday, but by Tuesday we're living for self again. Father, would you make us aware of that? Holy Spirit, we pray that, Lord, you'd whisper in that sweet, still, small voice to us, Father, when we begin to put too many eyes in why we live rather than others, as you call us to, following Christ. Help us, Father, be about our Father's business by serving others. Help us, Father, to learn to do what Jesus did and not just empathize intellectually, understanding what people are going through, but, Lord, help us sympathize. Help us, Father, hurt for people that are hurting. Help us be tenderhearted, Father, as Christ was for us and being tempted in all points tonight, going through all that he did. Father, set an example for us to follow. Help us, Father, during this Christmas season, follow in the character of Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight our heads bowed and our eyes closed for a few minutes. How are we doing this Christmas season following that example of Christ? He's not just our Savior, He's our example. I'll tell you what what crushed my heart probably more than anything is that area of sympathy. That I want to hurt with people that are hurting. I don't like hurting, I don't like crying. But boy, Jesus was willing to hurt with me in order to help me. We ask God to break our heart for people tonight. Help me hurt for people that are hurting. Help me be like those friends of Job in chapter 2. Help me go to people. You don't have to have all the right answers. Just go sit with them. Sympathize with them. Say I want to I want to hurt with you to help you through this. Remember tonight if we have trouble in that servanthood, step number two perhaps is because we have trouble with step one, being selfless, selfless.